You're listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley. Hi, it's Chris and Susan Beasley here with another episode of Living the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast and Web Show. And today we have a good friend of ours who we've known for many, many years. And you will not know how many times we tried to arrange this podcast and something has always happened that's not allowed us to do it. So without further ado, may we introduce you to Bob Clark from all the way across the other side of the pond. Welcome, Bob. Thanks, Hugh. Thanks, everybody. Uh, it's great to be here. Like you said, we've been trying to set this up for a long time. So I'm just really grateful and thankful that I got on your show. And uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, telling my story. So whereabouts are you in the U.S.? Right now, I'm down in Naples, Florida, on the, uh, the Gulf Coast of Florida. Uh, this time of year, it's not the place to be. It's, it's like super hot and super humid. Uh, but right around uh, October till about May, everybody wants to visit. Everybody up north wants to come here. Oh, well, that sounds good. We're hoping to get out there sometime in January for a mastermind. So maybe we can meet up. That would be fabulous. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. So let, let me let me ask you, because you know, see, we've known each other a long, long time. We've watched your journey and I've heard your story, but I'd love you to share it with our listeners and viewers, because like ourselves, you started planning some other streams of income for the time when you and Rosemary actually retired from your profession. So perhaps you could share what you were doing and what you what decisions you made that got that started yeah well i've been a healthcare professional for over 30 years uh, specifically i ran infertility laboratories up and down the east coast in the us so we we helped couples have families who couldn't and um actually it's kind of cool i figured out the other day that not myself but our team right we had a hand in over twenty-five thousand births in the us well, I think that's a pretty good uh, score, don't you? Well, I'm really proud of that. You know, yeah, definitely. And and the thing was, guys, I loved my job, right? I worked for it for a long time. I got to a point where I was making great money. I was well-respected. The hours weren't great, but, you know, I loved it. But my wife and I, we, we got married in 2008, and we kind of took a look around and we're like, you know, and, and she she also worked in the same lab as me. So we worked together, we lived together, we, we did it all together. Um, and we looked at the kind of the landscape and we're like, you know, we don't really want to depend on the federal government for our retirement. And, you know, this, so I'm a late bloomer, right? I didn't even start this, this whole thought process until I was in my fifties. Same as us. Right. So up until that time, I was a pure employee, you know, that's all I did and never even thought about a business. It didn't enter my mind, but we, you know, when you get in your 50s, you start looking ahead a little bit more, right? And we we didn't quite like what we saw. So we're like, you know, we need more income. We need, we need a different stream of income uh, that we can transition to so we don't have to depend, depend on the government. So it's a funniest story. And I just told this to somebody else. And it's the first, one of the first times I've told this story. But people have often ask me, how did you get started? Right? Well, we had had this conversation. So I was thinking about it. And then back when I had hair, I had to go to the barber shop, and I was sitting there. Yeah, right, right, Chris. Yeah. I was sitting there waiting my turn at the barber shop, and lo and behold, I look on the on the counter and I pick it up, and it's a brochure for an MLM company. 
And I'm like, yeah, I'm so naive. Right? This looks great. So I brought her home and we signed up that day. We we're just like, let's go, let's do it. And you know, it, it didn't work out, but that's a whole story for another day. Uh, but that was our start. And um, we knew that we, we didn't want to leave our jobs. We liked our jobs, but we were planning for later. My big thing is I always want to have choices when I get older. I don't want to be pigeonholed into what the government says I have to do or you know whatever. And I certainly don't want to outlive my money. So there was all those thoughts going on. So we started our business. And um, like I told you earlier, I, I was such a hobbyist, honestly. I was just dabbling here, dabbling there. I, I wasn't really serious. Looking back on it, I did all the things I tell my clients now not to do. You know, don't jump around so much. Don't be pulled in different directions. Watch out for shiny object. I, I'm like the king of shiny objects. I, <laughs> I was bad. I was really bad. My wife would get to the point like, you're in another, you're in another program. At one point, I was in five different programs at the same time. So I, I did all the mistakes, really, literally. And um, what happened was we we're going along, kind of just plod along. I was making a little money. I was, I was keeping in the game, but I wasn't making enough to change my life at all. Um, but what happened was, as often happens in jobs that you love, you get promoted to a job you don't like. And that's what happened to me. I got kicked upstairs from the laboratory up to administration, you know, doing more of the hiring and firing and, and patient complaints. And I didn't want any part of that. And it started to affect my health. It was very stressful. So I just, we just said, you know what? It's time. So I was coaching with somebody at the time. And I went to my coach and I said, you know, that's it. I want to get out of my job. And um, we worked on that for a solid year and a half to really lay the foundation. I had a lot of the foundation already laid. So that was good. I just had to really ramp up stuff and, and take it really seriously. So we did that. We made that decision, which I think is always the most important part, right? To make the decision. And uh, about two years later, we were out of our job and cutting our retirement cake and hanging up our lab coat for the last time. That was 2019. Wow. And then we moved from New Jersey down here to Florida and just loving life, having a great time. I think that, do you know, that is so cool because you both, did it um whereas we hear so many stories where is it where it's one partner or the other the other's still working then there's this sort of mismatch of who's doing yeah. what and <laughs> it's wife, so difficult isn't it it's funny you say that because my wife told me she goes, don't think you're going to retire i'm not going with you don't think that's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. So when you were doing this shiny object jumping around, were you learning something at the same time? I was always learning, Chris. I mean, I will say that I'm a quick learner. I absorb stuff. I don't always implement, which was you know, a little bit of a problem, but um, I love to learn. So I'm, every when I say mistakes, I call them mistakes. I don't know what else to call them, mm -hmm. but they were always learning experiences. Like I, I, wherever I went, I picked up something of value. You and know? That's good because when it came time to make my move, I had all these little pieces. I just had to put them in place. So was there something that when you sort of finally made your decision, yeah, we're going to do this, was there something that triggered that? Yeah, Obviously, yeah. you you got kicked upstairs and you didn't like it. But what about Rosemary? Was she was she still, in, still following that or was she going, well, maybe we need to do this now? Yeah, well, she kind of saw what it was doing to me. And the dynamics of the laboratory had changed. We had a new new uh, overall big director who wasn't that easy to work with. So everything had kind of changed from what it was. Mm. And we just felt like it was 
probably a good time, but really what precipitated it was about a year earlier, I'd had a heart problem, which um, it was like unexpected out of the blue. So I had to have some surgery and that kind of is like, you know, life is too short. We're, I don't want, we don't want to stay here and get so stressed out all the time. And we had a good run. We loved it, what we did, but maybe it's time for something else. Mm. Do you know, I think it's interesting you said that because Chris asked you if there was a trigger point and there always is a trigger point or points Mm -hmm. along your journey so for us and it's so similar to you our trigger point was we absolutely loved what we were doing we were building a very successful niche management consultancy in the veterinary profession looking after veterinary practices and veterinary hospitals because vets are scientists they don't know business stuff and, and we really really did love that but in one of our biggest biggest clients along came a new person who we sure as hell didn't get on with. <laughs> and it was very clear from the moment that person arrived that she was going to do everything she could to uh, make sure that we were not having our contract renewed. But we saw the right, it was so easy to see the writing on the wall because we had the experience. Yeah. And we, we like you, it, 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 it's that trigger, isn't it? And we get, you know, we looked at each other and we said, do you know what, this is the time, let's just, do it. Let's just go for it. We've been doing this research about online stuff. It's sort of we could see it worked, and we were, we had bought a big uh, what we you would know, and many of our listeners and viewers will know as like a high ticket business in a box type of thing. And this was training to help people grow their businesses. And for us, we saw well, wow, that's amazing. We bought that to help our clients. But then we started watching and listening and we went, oh, actually, we could go independently and do this ourselves and we won't be tied to clients anymore. Yeah. And that was yeah. the trigger for that. Yeah. So how did you, so you obviously started part-time, as you said earlier on, you know, so how, how did that work for you? So you got a full-time job and then you've got your business to build as well. Yeah. It's funny, in the beginning, it was really hard because, you know, you, uh, you're, I was up at four in the morning, traveling into New York City every day, fighting the traffic, working 12 hours, fighting the traffic home. Luckily, my wife worked with me, so we didn't have to sit and chat at night because we, we talked all day. Um, but yeah, by the time you get home six, seven o'clock, everybody else who's working is going to sleep or going out for a drink or having fun. Yeah. And you know, I'm like, oh, I got to get on my computer. Right. So in the beginning, you know, there's sacrifice. There's no doubt there's sacrifice. And I had a hard time kind of fitting that into my life at that point. So like I said, I maybe 30 to 60 minutes a day is what I had. Mm. And, and if I had a day off, I would do some of that. But um, what happened, Chris, is I got really good at that. Like I, I got really good at, at what can I do in this hour that I have that'll make the most difference. Yeah. And that's the key thing that I teach my clients now, right? It's happy, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not like the newest lead gen strategy or this, you know, it's never that. It's always like, you know what to do, but you're not doing it. And let's examine why, right? But when you sit down at your computer, unless you're working on your business on YouTube, don't go jumping on YouTube or TikTok or this other stuff because you'll waste your hour. Yeah. Right? So I got really good at that. And that, that's what saved me. And what so let, me, let me just tell you one thing. It's really, it's yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, carry on. When I retired, about a month into my retirement, I had all the time in the world and I wasn't getting anything done. Mm. 
and I, one day I was sitting there talking to my wife and I'm like, I don't understand. I have all this time and I'm getting less done than when I was working. And she's like, looking at me like, yeah, because you're goofing off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he tells me exactly that. And she goes, why don't you just go back to what you're doing before? So I literally now I set my business hours. I could do it all day, but I set my business hours usually from one to three in the afternoon. That's, that's a good time for me. And in that time, I'm here, the door's shut, I'm working. People in the house know don't, don't knock on the door unless you're having a heart attack or the house is on fire. Um, and that's my time. And then if I can work two straight hours, I'm, I'm done for the day because yeah. I can get a lot done in two hours. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's, it was funny though, because I thought I have all this time is going to be great. And now when I work with clients who have all day, I see exactly what they're doing. They're doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite, it's human quite, nature, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's quite amazing. I mean, when we started, I mean, we used to have an appointment in our diary at seven o'clock in the evening and say, right. Okay. Cause we could carry on working at clients all night if we wanted to. We just sort of right. said like seven o'clock we're at home, you know, and we, Susan would do dinner and I'd work on the business and then we'd eat dinner and then we both do an hour on the business. But exactly. You have to be very rigid. And the other thing we found that you had to do is you had to plan what you were going to do. So mm -hmm. sort of the first week, if you like, we, a, we do a week of planning of what we were going to do in that hour or half, or hour and a half, two hours every evening. So that yep. when we sat down, we actually got on with it rather than thinking, well, oh, I'm going to write a bit of content. What should I write about? And, you know, you go into all this thing and all of a sudden your time's up i don't know if you found the same you had to actually plan it yeah oh absolutely absolutely what i i work off of what i call people call it different things i call it results producing activities right rpas yeah yeah um people call it money money producing people call it different things but i have to like i have it written out before i sit down what are those activities for me today right so maybe my first 10 minutes will be thinking that in those terms and then I get to it. And, and that's big, been a big thing because if you don't know what you're gonna do when you sit down at your computer, you're done. Mm. Right? You, you're gonna waste your time. There's no, no question. That makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely right. I mean, it's exactly what we say. And it's sort of, it's trying to get into people's heads that it's not all about just sitting for an hour in front of your computer and doing, it's about, you know, you're running a business and you have to plan what you're going to do. You plan it, you get on with it so that you know you make the most of that time. And you gather momentum to... through that, don't you? And then suddenly the goals that you set yourself for your future, create you create habits from mm -hmm. those goals and then use the systems that are available in your coaching program or whatever it is that you're involved in that's there to mentor you and help you be accountable to those goals will take you forward I know we were talking earlier before we went live so tell us a little bit about how your business has now transitioned now you are officially retired like we are um, yeah. and your joy projects what are you doing now in that yeah, well, it's interesting. I'm probably working harder now than I did before, <laughs> right? But I'm having more fun, which is, is it's a big difference, right? I'm working because I want to do it. And one thing I found too that, I don't know if you guys found this, but when you go full-time in your business, especially in, in the home business space, right? The, one of the problems is there's never, I think Chris alluded to this, there's never really a stop and start point. 
right? You could work all day and still keep going and going and going. Mm-hmm. When you have a job, you're done with your job at five o'clock, you leave, you're done for, for most part. Yeah. With a business, that's not true, right? So that was the other thing I had to get really get used to is putting a firm stop at a certain time. Yeah. And uh, again, my wife lets me know. She says, it's time to stop. <laughs> no, she, she's a very wise manager, I would say. Yeah, she is very good. <laughs> um, yeah, but now what I'm, have, what I'm doing now is I've made a decision that, you know, the old quote of you can get where you want to go if you serve enough people, right? If you help enough people get where they mm-hmm. want. And I really took that to heart. So my my whole thing now is I really want to help people who are in the business part-time. They've made the decision they have a business, but they have a job or they have something else that's taking up a lot of their time. Mm-hmm. And I want to, so whenever I hear a story like that from a leader, right? I hear, oh, I was over here part-time struggling and all these things were happening bad, this and that. And then flash forward to today, I'm doing this, 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 and, and life is wonderful, right? And I always wondered, well, what happened in between? Mm-hmm. Right? Nobody really tells that story. Well, some do, but not many. So I want to be that guy in the trenches in there helping people with, with the in-between part. So that's what my whole coaching program is about. It's what my courses are about. It's like, let me fill in the gaps from, you know, the, the success stories of where you were to where you want to be. There's always a gap. Yeah. And I like to try to help people fill in that gap. And it's not easy right? because it can be a long journey in between. Yeah, um, no, I totally agree. And I, I think... <clears throat> We're talking to, you know, probably a very similar market because you follow attraction marketing. We follow attraction marketing, always have. You draw into you your own audience of people who, are, who like, love, love you, like you, whatever you want to call it, trust you and want to be around you. And they want to know what you've done to achieve what you've done and how you can help them achieve that as well. But we all know there's this little, what Chris Chris calls the fruit salad in the ear, that's saying, oh, you can't really do this. I mean, how, you, you've got the experience and we have with the coaching we've done. How, how do you take people on that transition of doubt that we can do this yeah. thing? It's the biggest one, right? I think that's the biggest thing. Because I can you know, I can work with somebody to tell them exactly what to do and we'll map it out. And I'll say, okay, let's meet in two weeks and see how you did with this plan. And uh, the story is often, you know, first week was great, I did it and everything was going great. And then I don't know what happened, but I stopped. Mm-hmm. And what happened is they, they started listening to the inner dialogue of you're no good, you can't do this. You know, maybe this doesn't work. You're wasting your time. All, all the stuff we all hear, right? Yeah. My, my biggest revelation around that, Susan, was it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It really depends on your personality and how you, how you process that and how you handle it. Like for me, the way I eventually figured out how to get past those, I call them my inner demons, right, mm-hmm. um, was I, I'm a... I don't know if you know the, the magic of colors, but I'm a green personality. I'm analytical. Yeah. I like facts. I like figures, right? That's <laughs> me. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I knew I liked you for a reason. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the haircut. <laughs> yeah. Well, we share the hair, right? Too. Yeah. Um, so for me, the big question I learned to ask when uh, my voice was saying, you know, maybe this doesn't work or you don't have what it takes, I would ask, I, I asked myself, well, What's the evidence of that, right? Where's the evidence that that's true? 
So I, I approach it in a very logical way. Yeah. And I can usually talk myself through it. Now, I couldn't always do that, but now I, I know enough that I can do that. But if I take somebody who's a different, totally different personality, like a blue personality or a red, mm-hmm. where maybe they're like, they're really type A, or maybe they're very involved with emotions more than I am, they're going to approach it very differently. Mm-hmm. Right. So you kind of have to see who the person is to help them and through that. That, that was my big revelation with that, you know, and um, it's just the overall thing is we're telling ourselves stories that don't really exist. They're just stories in our heads. And however you can convince yourself that that's true, that's how you have to approach it. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And sort of leading on from that is it's something that I'm sure a lot of our listeners will resonate with the fear of doing this. Can I really do this? Will it really work for them? And can I succeed with it? And how do we, how, how do we, as people who want to encourage entrepreneurship in retirement, either for a full or a a part-time income, depending on the person, because we're all different, how do we take them on that journey that they can actually see themselves succeeding in this and actually fulfilling the kind of, in our perspective, the kind of retirement that they're looking for from you? How can they transition from this part-time situation that you and Rosemary went through to the full-time? How, yeah. how, how, how do you approach that, do you, in your opinion? I really believe that as leaders, I call ourselves leaders. I don't know what else to call yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, we're, we kind of serve like role models mm-hmm. and almost parents in a way. Yeah. Because yeah. I know with my kids, even my kids are grown now, they're in their 30s, but they're always still watching me, right? Especially my online stuff. They're always watching what I'm doing. They make fun of me, right? <laughs> You're on video, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but we get watching. that as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they're watching. And I think the people who are following us on social media, for example, or wherever, they're watching. They're watching to see. So I think we have a responsibility to be kind of a role model. And the way I the way I perceive that is I've always got to be learning. I've always got to be growing. I've got to be pushing the envelope. I've got to be trying new things because this is all stuff that they have to do in their own journey. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm just laying back, enjoying the retirement life in my rocking chair um, and, and stop learning, stop doing, I'm not going to be much of a role model for them. I mean, I may have the life that they want, but I'm not really showing them anything. So I think the best way, honestly, Susan, is by showing them. Yeah, Yeah. no, I I totally agree. You couldn't have given a better answer because that's exactly what we would say. And I'm looking at your bookshelf behind you and our bookshelf is downstairs. We have another office downstairs and it's overflowing with books because we're, we're trying to get packed up to move home. And I can't believe how many boxes I bought to put the books in. Yeah, it's so funny you said that because my coach, who's a video guy, he says, um, you know, be careful when you do videos that your background isn't distracting. You want them to listen to you. Yeah. And I've had more people like saying, what's that book behind you? What is that? <laughs> exactly. But people normally ask us about what's that? Well, this is right. our moving well, video I, board. You I was looking at it. Yeah. I yeah, and we don't do it to distract you. We've taken the cat out because he would have come and joined in as well because that's what he likes. But let's let's talk quickly before we come to the end because reading is a really important part of personal development. And 
certainly we found way back when we first got introduced to network marketing, had no idea what it was, didn't even know such a model existed in the world. Mm -hmm. But what we learned through personal development and reading amazing books like Think and Grow Rich and all the classics, what a difference that made to our lives other than reading journals to do with what we did, like you would read medical journals. So were there any favourites that you came across in your early days that you say to your, your clients, this is something you must read? Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm a classics guy, right? I love the old stuff because I think most of the stuff that you need to learn has been taught years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And then people, the, the new trainers are just rewording it. And yeah, it's yeah. Packaging. So I don't know about you guys, but the, the book that changed me was magnetic sponsoring, just like most people. Yes. Yeah. We've got both versions up here on our bookshelf. Yeah. yeah. The original the and that, the updated. Yeah. That was the first one. It was like, you mean I don't have to keep hitting up my family and friends? I could do something different? Yes. Yeah. Thank God, because I was not going to hit my family and friends up anymore. That was the end of it. I did it once. And yeah, like, yeah, we know. No that. way I'm doing yeah. that again, right? Yeah. yeah. So that was the first one. Um, as a part-time person, um, a book called The Slight Edge. Us two, one of our absolute favorites. Yeah. yeah. I read that about once a year. Yeah. Uh, just to refresh myself. That was a big game changer. And one of the more recent ones that I really like is a book called the I think it's called The Big Leap. Yes, we've got that. Yes. Jay Hendricks. Yes. Brilliant. Uh, brilliant. I'm reading it again. And because I, I think that with that book, especially, a lot of us don't believe in ourselves enough to know what our, what they call the zone of genius is, right? How, yes. how far you can actually go. Yeah. And I know with me, I, I would go to a certain point and I'd, I'd push myself down. I'd, things would happen. It happened to me over and over again. I couldn't understand it. I read this book. I'm like, that's what's happening to me. <laughs> it's think, exactly. Yeah. And I think as you get more experienced as well, and the more you read, you realize you see yourself in these parables and stories within stories, and you see yourself in it, yeah. and you come out at the end of the book and you go, I'm just like that. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. And that's why I, uh, we just encourage everyone that we work with to read and read and read. Our, one of our favorites, I'm not sure if you've read it, is The Go Giver by. Bob mm -hmm. Berg and John David Mann. Love Bob. He's been on our show. Um, we belong to his community and we're going to do some coaching with him next year. That's that's the Florida bit. Nice. Um, so that's nice. a that's a goal we set ourselves that we really wanted to do mm -hmm. one day. And now we've we've come to that point where we're going to go for it. That's excellent. That's excellent. The only the other author that I really like is probably a lot of people haven't heard of him is Earl Nightingale. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. 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 The strangest really secret. Strangest yeah. secret. And he has yeah. a couple other ones that are really good, too. Yeah. Uh, but it's all, you know, it's all like Jim Rohn says, it's all foundational. It's all, um, you know, it's nothing is new in this, really. Everything is kind of the same thing, just being taught over and over again in different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, so I like to go back to the sources because I just like the way those old guys. I teach. agree. I agree. I mean, when you think about that, you think about, um, Jim Rowan and and all of his stuff, and then you see you see the megastar of Tony Robbins here, you know the number one in the personal development space, and yet all he's doing is teaching what Jim Rowan <laughs> taught him. Yeah, I believe he was a student of Jim Rowan. He was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, now you you see your Dean Graziosi's who are also 
great friends, but also students of Tony Robbins, and they're adopting and taking out his message. And I just see there's so much out there from reading that gives us ideas and encouragement and just that little bit of a, a push to say, yeah, you can do this. And this is what yeah. this whole podcast is all about. Just chatting with our friends, help helping people make decisions based on knowing other people are doing it. Yeah. And what's nice now about the way technology is like, if you don't like to read, you can listen to podcasts, you can watch videos because yeah. most of the stuff is all available in different you know, modalities. Yeah. So no, there's really no excuse. Like you, you know, if you don't have time, then, you know, pop in a podcast while you're going to work, right? Exactly. Perfect. So you do know. you have, as we come to the close, because we like to keep these tight about 30 minutes, because no one wants to spend more than 30 minutes in front of the fire with a cocktail because it needs refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any last words of wisdom for our listeners and viewers? Wow. Mm, lots of lots of words, if you like. Yeah. My biggest thing is, is just, and, and people have probably heard this, but I hope they can take it to heart, is just keep it simple. You know, there isn't, everybody likes to make you think there's so many moving parts to a business. And while there can be, you know, there's just really a few handful of things that you need to do every day if you want to generate leads, make sales, grow your audience, build your list, right? Those are the most important things, but there's not, there's not a zillion activities to do that. Right. I, I've narrowed it down. There, there's about three or four, actually, that, that I've identified as, and I didn't do that. I mean, other people have identified them too. I just adopted it. Um, but, you know, there's only a handful of things that, that really you need to do. Uh, and I think what happens is we're hit by so many different things every day, right? Email and, and video and, you know, things are popping up on our phones all the time that it, it gets, I don't like to word, use the word, but for lack of a word, it gets overwhelming. Yeah. People just are like, you know, there's so much, what do I do? What do I do? And that's why I like, I'm such a proponent of like these RPAs, right? These results producing activities, you know, figure out what they are in your business and just do those. If you just did those few things every day, right? Your business would move and you don't need all the bells and whistles that are coming your way every day. That's, that's the biggest message I would give to people because I, like I said, I, I really tried to, it's my best to overcomplicate everything. Yeah. I did a really good job for years. I, I had all these different things going on. Uh, you know, I, I probably was in, uh, you know, I still have things I bought, the courses I bought that are still sitting in my computer. I haven't opened them yet. Yeah, yeah, us too. Tell us about you know? it. So we all make those uh, little errors in judgment, I guess, but uh, it's just... The business is actually pretty simple. You know, the whole business model is very simple. It's just a matter of like, if you're in network marketing, for just one example, if you're a network marketer and, you, and your goal is to build your network marketing business, I mean, really your results producing activities are prospecting, right? Showing your, your uh, presentation to as many people as you can, following up and supporting your team. There you go. Right. And if you're if you're not doing any one of those four, now you're outside of your results producing activities. I'm not saying you can't do it. You can I mean mindset comes in or you can do mindset, you can do all this other stuff. But if like so I take those, for example, if I'm working with a network marketer, we identify those four things and we set up their routine so they do those first. First thing you do every day is those things. Mm -hmm. Once you finish, 
if you don't do anything else, you had a, you had a successful day. Yep. Right. Yep. And when you get good, you can do that in an hour and a half, two hours. It can yep. be done. Right. So that's 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 my overall message to everybody is, you know, keep it simple, right? Um, don't make it harder than it has to be, and and really, you know, work with an intention. Don't work just to work. Oh, I agree. I, I'd add to that, do something that gives you joy as well, something that you enjoy, that you want to get up in the morning to do. And that might take time. So you need to chat with someone like Bob and find out what it is that sings for you or talk to us, find out what we can help you identify what sings. Because if you are just trying to do something for money per se, and, and I talked about this on, on our Facebook this morning, it's not going to give you the impetus to keep going when things are not so easy because everybody will have a challenge in any business in life. We never know what's going to come around the corner. Who, who would have known that we were going to end up in the middle of this current crisis and, and, and recession? We didn't know. We're not experts, we're not in that field. So I, I believe this is our, ours on my behalf, <laughs> words of wisdom is just do something that really turns you on or don't do it. Yeah, if, if you don't like what you're doing, you probably aren't gonna do it very well. No, I know, I know. Oh, Bob, this has been absolutely fabulous. May we ask you back for another session? We'll talk a little bit about business stuff and this, your your system and how, how you get people to get results because I think that would be really, really useful. Absolutely. What I found from this session is I could probably talk to you guys for hours. So yeah, and us, and us to you. We'd have to go and get a cocktail, of course, because it's, you know, it's, it's coming up for almost five o'clock. So, yeah, because that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's not noon yet, so if I go grab a cocktail, people will talk. But, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, 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 joking apart. No, I mean, we've had great fun. I'm so glad we made this happen in the end. Um, please give our best to Rosemary, won't you? And uh, we'll have you back on the show again. So for everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening, for watching, for reading, um, however you best like to consume your information from living the retirement lifestyle. And Bob, Thank you once again. Have a fabulous, fabulous day. And uh, thanks for the value you shared with everyone. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed no, it. Absolute pleasure. Bye. Bye. This is the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley. 